Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. The Coaches Network, bringing the game together. Hey guys, you're now listening to the Coaches Network podcast, a podcast aimed at anyone who's passionate about athlete, talent, and personal development. My name's Coach Yas, and I'm a UEFA A licensed football coach, coach developer, and content creator. I'll be sitting down with a range of guests to discuss their journeys, their life lessons, and how you can make an impact. Enjoy. Right, guys, welcome back to the Coaches Network. My name is Coach Yass, and today I've got a very special guest with me, University of Ch- Chester, lecturer in the Masters of Sports Coaching, and is also academy coach for Blackburn in the 15s and 16s youth development phase, Rob Carlisle. Good morning, Rob. How are you, mate? Morning. I'm all right. How are you? Fine, thank you. I uh, just want to say thank you again for your time this morning. Um, Rob, don't want to waste any time. I want to get straight to the heart of it. Yeah. Where did you get started with your coaching journey? Um, I got started with my coaching journey, realising that I wasn't going to be a professional footballer. I, I was nowhere near good enough. Um, best thing for me really w- w- was coaching. And I sort of realised that I about probably kidded myself on until I was about 15 that I had a chance and then then realised that I never had a chance. Uh, so I, I sort of got into I got a younger brother who is uh, three years younger than me. So, so I used to go out with my dad, do a bit of coaching with his team because my dad looks after uh, our Mike's uh, team that he looks after. <clears throat> and then um, at school as well. So so played for the the, um, the football team, obviously. And then uh, I was captain of the cricket team at school and, and sort of one of the PE teachers sort of must have seen something in me. Uh, and, and sort of asked me to get involved coaching the year sevens team when I was uh, year ten and year eleven. So, so I did that really, and that was that was my first first go at getting stuck in really. And it it was in at the deep end. Uh, you got fifteen kids. Go over there. Here's a bag of footballs. Here's some cones. Crack on. And um, I'd, I'd not not done any coach uh, development stuff or not been on any courses. And it was literally just doing what had been done to me previously uh, in terms of the training session, just copying bits from from, from what I'd seen from coaches that I'd worked with and been coached by. Uh, yeah, so I went at the deep end, really, and just, just got stuck in. Um, and then, sort of, after that, I realised I enjoyed it and, and decided that it was something that I wouldn't mind doing as a 
as a career. So my path into college sort of took in um, PE and a bit of coaching stuff and, and then carried that on into, into university uh, where I sort of studied um, sport development and coaching. And it was a sport development degree, but it was predominantly loads of coaching stuff on it because they're pretty much one of the same thing in many respects so yeah that, that's how i got into it really yes and just in terms of the coaching aspect of it, what really you know you said you you decided for yourself that this is the kind of a path you wanted to follow what was it about coaching that really you know hooked you in that respect um well one the love of the sport and 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 i love i love sport and being involved uh in in sport in general but just helping people, I think. I think sort of it's, it's in my nature that I'm quite. Um, I, I, I like helping people. I've, I've always liked helping people, um, and it just sort of the two things sort of merge together quite well. That, that enjoy uh, sport and, and helping people, and it seems sort of the natural, uh, the natural way to go, I suppose. Mm. Yeah, so just, you know, coming back to the start of your journey, then so obviously you, you know, you've gone into college and, and then university looking at doing a sports coaching degree or sports development degree where yeah. did you go from there um so i, I did while i was at uni I, I did i did my badges did my level one and level two um football um i was also involved doing some cricket coaching so so i know i mentioned it previously about the cricket stuff it really had a big influence on me playing playing cricket because it's quite a different sort of sport to football in that um, it's about individuals performing. So it's bat versus ball. It's the bowler against the batsman, and, and it's it's a team sport, but it's individual as well. So a lot of the training's individual. So and I think we'll probably come back to this later on. So so for me, it's, I've always been interested about how you can improve uh, individuals. Um, so I got me got me level one and level two. I was doing a bit, of, carried on with my coaching, um, carried on with my cricket coaching as well, uh, and then sort of got a paid role with a local council, sort of going out doing community sports coaching sessions. So it'd be um, on Thursday night, Rob. We need you to go to this um, park where there's some antisocial behaviour going on. Um, take some basketball gear with you and just spend a couple of hours down there getting them to playing some small matches and small games it wasn't really it was facilitating rather than coaching I wasn't doing any sort of technical improvement but it was like a, a way of getting kids active I suppose uh, and staying out of mischief so you're doing that on a Thursday night and then it'd be um, somebody's dropped out today we need you to go to a primary school and to do a dance session with them now I'm six foot three and I ain't the best mover in the world with, with all due respect so, so dance was a bit out of my comfort zone but Doing that sort of thing was great for me because you you had to sort of think on your feet and come up with stuff and do a bit of research and find what what was uh, what was going on. So so that community stuff gave me a bit of a bit of a decent base, I would say, about just being work with groups and, and interact and make it fun and engaging and all that sort of stuff. Um, and working with a wide range of people in different settings. So, so that was great. So I was doing that whilst I was at uni uh, whilst I was at university. Um, doing a little bit of stuff for, for my own company, going into schools and delivering some PPA and after school clubs and doing like, um, it was all a rage at the time, sort of um, fundamental movement skills, so agility, balance and coordination and um, 
those sorts of things, the, the SAQ type bits. So, so I was doing those bits while, whilst I was studying. Uh, and then after that, I ended up going out to Spain for a couple of years. Um, worked out in Spain, um, doing a bit of English teaching. So we, so um, the sort of hundreds of kids running around Barcelona now that have got a, a Mancunian accent like me. Um, but, but sort of like doing a little bit of sports with them as well. So sort of teaching them English through them playing sport, if that makes sense. So yeah, I'm at a school club and, and they'd be doing basketball, but you'd be teaching them in you'd be teaching them in in English. Um so they were getting a bit of a double litter. So they're getting to have a run around and have fun, but but also to, to develop the English. Um did that for a couple of years. Uh, recession hit and the first thing to go was in, in the businesses in the schools was the, the external English teacher. So sort of had a little bit of a a little bit of a dilemma, uh, what to do. Me, me and my girlfriend, uh, who's, who's now my wife, decided we was going to move back to England, uh, move back to, to the northwest, move back to Manchester. Um, was on the dole for three months trying to find something uh, and then sort of stumbled on a job at Berry Football Club, um, which was sort of doing an inclusion development officer role, which was like looking after, a bit like what I was saying before, we going into the the schools uh, and the parks, uh, antisocial behaviour, disability football, um, working with deaf kids uh, to provide a football service for them, uh, developing women and girls football. So it was a bit of a, a well-rounded role in in the community for uh, for the community trust at Berry. Uh, and then at the same time, I was doing the B license, and I got a gig uh, working in the in the academy. So I did the under tens, um, and I think my first season was. 2007 or maybe 2008 something like that so sort of in at the deep end really um in at the deep end the academy manager was great uh with me there alan moore a really quiet guy who just sort of um let me find my feet and and wasn't wasn't you've got to do it like this and he really let me sort of experiment and try things out and you could go and ask him for support and, and then, really, that was sort of the point where my football career, if you will, sort of took off, or my coaching career took off, sort of getting in, getting in at Berry, and it's just gone from there, really. Mm. So, obviously, you know, you're talking there about, you know, that range of experiences working both in the UK and out, and, yeah. you know, different types of environments, such as, you know, the, the summer camps and after-school clubs and yeah. EPA stuff, and obviously then working with the disability thing. You know, just how important were those experiences and in the way they shaped your, uh, you know, your vision of how coaching should look and what things to consider when you are actually coaching? I think the thing that it did for me really was just having, uh, finding a way with all different types of people. Uh, and especially in my role at Berry, I suppose for the council as well, you, you could be doing, you could be doing four or five different sessions a day and you could be working with little four and five year olds to start with, but then, finishing up working with the under 16s at in the academy at Berry, um, and, and everything in between working with um disabled kids who, who, who've got uh, autism and and you have so you really have to think about communication skills so just sort of being able to um not fit in but but almost cater for the people that are in front of you and be, being able to 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 chop and change and, and get the best out of those people that are in front of you rather than just this is the way that I'm doing it I'm just going to do it in this way because this is the way that I coach so mm. sort of being flexible and, and um, being able to 
vary the things that you do and the way you speak to them and the way that you interact and the way that you 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 are with them. That'd be the, that'd be the key bit, I think, for me that I took from it. Brilliant, and obviously, then you know, you're talking there about having even on that day to day, you you go from so many different situations in one day. Whilst working at Bury now, currently at Blackburn, and currently obviously working as a lecturer at the University of Chester. Yeah. Talk us through that period there, you know, moving from stepping into the first academy role at Bury to where you've got to now. Yeah, okay. So, so, so sort of, I stayed at Bury for a long time. I, do, I did, I was there for six years, I think, all in all, um, and, and sort of doing the academy stuff. Um, and obviously, we all know the predicament that, that Bury uh, are in now that where they're, well, they're no, no longer in a league club and not through relegations, but through sort of financial stuff. And it was the same when I was there, really. So, um, when I was at Berry, I realised that I didn't have 300 games, 400 games under my belt, so I needed to do something a little bit different to to make myself stand out from from the the crowd. Um, so I went and did a master's degree at um, Manchester Metropolitan University. Um, did it part time over over two two and a bit years. Um, so so the club were good enough to give me a day release. So one year I went on a Friday, the year after I went on a Thursday, or, or the other way around. Can't can't quite remember. Um, so I went and did this this master's degree in coaching, just to sort of try and better myself for one, but but also to sort of thinking about if I want to move on in the future, what's going to get me an interview over somebody else who, who's not had a playing career and has got got the appropriate badges. So. Um, I did that, so I was probably about nine years ago, ten years ago, something, something like that, maybe. Um, so I did did that qualification, um, and I was really happy at Berry. I loved my time at Berry; it was it was brilliant for me. Uh, dead lucky to be able to work all the way through the group, so uh, could go and do some stuff with the eighteens, sixteens, all the way down to the, to the under nines and the under tens, under eights at times. So it was a great grounding for me because. Like I said, I was, I was out doing stuff, coaching six, seven hours a day, um, re- really busy with the coaching side of it. But the club were having financial difficulties uh, and, it, and it got as bad as where we were called into a meeting on a Friday and it was the conversation when, listen, um, we'll ring you on Sunday afternoon to tell you whether we're opening the club on Monday or not because um, we've not got any money. Um, we, we need a buyer. We need, a, we need somebody to come in and, and, and take us over. So for me, that was alarm bells. I just me and my uh, my girlfriend at the time, uh, my wife now, we just bought an house. I had a mortgage to pay for, um, so we sort of really worrying that poor man man have a job here. It's, it was a bit of a case of trying to sit on your hands and see what happens. Mm. Um, so I, I seen a couple of jobs um, at universities. Um, so I, I'd got my master's degree by this point. So, so I put in for him. Um, and one of them was at MMU where I was doing my um, coaching um, masters. So I sort of thought I can't really ask anyone at MMU to um, be my reference because it'll look a bit look a bit strange that you know on the application if it's somebody from the organisation where you where you're applying to. So I got in touch with um, my um, ex tutor at the University of Chester where I did my undergraduate degree um, and. Sort of said, is there any chance I can put you down for this reference? Um, I'm applying for this job, um, lecturing, coaching, uh, and uh, the lady who was my tutor said, yeah, yeah, that, that's fine, not a problem. But 
by the way, we've also got a job that's coming up in the next couple of weeks. Why, why don't you put in for that as well? Um, so put put in for that. Uh, I actually I applied for it. Me, me, me and my wife was on holiday in um, Crete or somewhere like that, so, and it was a really tight turnaround. So I had to take my laptop with me to get me to get my application done in time. Got my application done. Um, we had the phone call from Berry. We've got oh, new owners. Everything's carrying on. So that, that that was fine. We had a job to come back to. Um, and then got the got an interview for the for the job at the university. Um, got the job, got off the job, uh, and then had a, a bit of a decision, a bit of a dilemma to to decide what what I wanted to do. My passion was coaching, um, but this was an opportunity to go and develop coaches moving forwards um, at university. Seemed uh, more stable, and it meant I could carry on doing my academy stuff on a part time basis at Berry. So. I ended up leaving to start at the university in September 2013, so, so seven years ago, um, and carried on until the end of the year doing uh, Berry part-time as well. So carried on as a as a coach part-time at Berry. Um, so, yeah, and I've been at the university ever since. Um, uh, it, I sorry, left Berry, left Berry that, that year. Go on, sorry. Yes. Yeah, just to kind of give us maybe a timeline there. What, so what, what year are we in now then? What year? When I started at the uni? Yeah. 2013. Right, okay. So 2013 started, September 2013 at the university started. Uh, carried on at Berry until the, the, the end of the close season. So that would be 2014, May 2014, something like that. Um, and then had a year off from, from doing the academy stuff. Uh, it was just getting a little bit... Just a little bit too much and just needed freshening up and it was a change of regime at Berry and my face didn't fit as much as it had done previously um being being truthful um sort of the old academy manager went somebody else came in um change of manager and you know it goes in football that that sometimes uh, a rest is as good as a change or a change is as good as a rest so so i ended up having a season off and then uh a mate of mine who uh, dean wright who is now the um had a coaching down at Norwich, uh, who I worked with at Berry for, for a long time, um, went over to Huddersfield, so was, was um, given the job as lead foundation phase coach at Huddersfield, uh, and asked me to, to if I'd be interested in going over with him. I actually bumped into him down at St George's Park. I was going doing some uh, tutor training for the FA, and he was down there on a course. Um, we sat and had a, a, a bit of a coffee and a uh, bit of a chat, and then invited me over to Huddersfield the following week, went over, uh, and then I did two years at Huddersfield, I think. Brilliant, absolutely, absolutely loved it. And then, unfortunately, they made the decision to, to shut the academy when they got into the, into the Premier League, um, which was not very pleasant, if the truth be told. It was a really difficult time, so I was there right until the end. Um, uh, and it wasn't very pleasant. They, they, they let all of the kids go. Um in my opinion, it was really poorly handled the way that the club did it, um, the, the, the way that they, they, they announced it to staff and parents and players was was really poor. Um, and it left a little bit of a bit of taste in my mouth. Um, and, and the two lads, Dean, who have mentioned who's down at Norwich now, and uh, Neil Matthews, who's the academy manager at Bradford, were the foundation phase lead and the youth development phase lead. Absolutely brilliant the way that they 
uh, looked after the lads and, and made sure that they, they, they all had options to go and trial at different clubs and, and all those sorts of things. So they were they were different class, those two. But um, let's say people higher up in the club, in the, the, the more senior positions, not in the academy, in, in the actual club itself, really let those kids down for me, the, the way they did it. It, it was really, really poor. Um, so then from there, I... I um, the head of coaching from Huddersfield had just left to go to Blackburn and then I was invited over there for an interview um, and got the got the job there. I've been there for the last, this will be my, coming up my fourth season. So I've been there three years, this, this will be my fourth season. Started off with the under-12s, um, then did the under-14s and, and now working with the 15s predominantly, but, but um, doing little bits with the 16s from time to time. We train together on a Thursday night. Um, absolutely love it. It's a, it's a great club, uh, really good programme, uh, lots of good staff, lo- lots of really good kids. Uh, I really, really enjoy it. Mm. And just, you know, just listening to you, obviously, you know, it's talked about a range of different experiences. And, you know, I want to even going back to that aspect of sometimes a, a, re- a change is as good as a rest or vice versa. Yeah. And in that time that you had that time off, what, you know, what was going through your mind there in, in terms of, assessing where you wanted to go next and you know did you have any ideas of potentially you know taking a, a longer break and you know what were you able to consolidate for yourself during that moment um so be, being really honest I, I replaced football with football so some a mad keen uh, manchester city fan so i pretty much replaced my um my days out at the academy um going to going to the match so so going home and away watching city uh, and, but but it got to the the july time um when everybody was going back and, and in the end my message just said please 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 go and get a job because you you are doing my head in you're like you're moping around the house and you don't really want to be here you want to be out coaching just go, go and find something go and do something so so by that point i sort of Come back to the I'd had a little bit of a little bit of a rest, recharge the batteries. I'd started missing it, um, and sort of yeah, that was then sort of happened by chance to to bump into Dean at St George's Park, and, and it sort of went from there really. But if I hadn't bumped into Dean, I would have been I would have been looking for for something to get back in. Um, what did I take from it uh, from that rest that? For me, coaching is a bit of a drug and it's really, really addictive. And when you don't do it, you really miss it. And sort of it's a little bit like there's a bit of a part of you that's missing. That might sound a bit sad to some people, but but that's how I felt really. I felt a bit like Saturday mornings, oh, right, what, 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 am I gonna, what am I gonna do? And then Wednesday nights and Thursday nights, right, well, I've got all this time. I don't really know what to, what to do with it. I'm not, not used to having all this time. So yeah, just just threw myself into seeing friends and socializing and reading some books and going to some concerts and just living life really. But at the same time sort of thinking, oh I'm having a good time here, but I am missing I am missing working with, with the lads and the players and, and all that sort of stuff. Uh during that period as well I got the gig with the FA so I sort of got me got stuck into doing doing some of the courses as well so that that gave me a little bit of a the buzz back as, as well doing that but I always knew that I wanted to get back into the academy side of things as well 
definitely. And, you know, you, what, what, you know, we'll talk there a little bit about your your coach education, you know, you talk about there about getting involved with the FA now and, you know, you really started to delve in a little bit around, you know, the, the lecturing stuff at the university. What What is it about that side of things, maybe the coach development, coach education side of things that, you know, that you, that's really engaged you? Um, I think it goes back to, to, to the question, the first question that you asked me, what, what you're getting. For me, it's it's just another form of coaching. You, you're coaching the coaches, you, you're developing the coaches, you're developing the players. They're sort of they're quite interchangeable, but it just comes down to helping people, I suppose. And, and just, I just like helping people. So whether it be players to, to, be, to improve at players or whether it's coaches to improve as being coaches, it's just about helping people, really. And I, I really enjoy that and get get a buzz out of that and I think sort of my I'm not one not a big one for the limelight I, I, I get if anyone says anything nice about me I'll get, I get embarrassed I get quite a bit of enjoyment about seeing other people do really well if, if that makes sense I'm, I'm not not a massive one for the I enjoy other people's successes I, I think possibly possibly more so than than my own, uh, if the truth be told, I, I, I don't know why that is. It's just just the way that I'm wired up. I think, um, but yeah, I enjoy helping people. I enjoy other people doing really well. Um, I, I enjoy um, players who, who coached under ten still still playing now, whatever level that may be, whether it's sort of Northwest Counties or whether it's uh, in a first team somewhere. I just get a real buzz out of, out of seeing. Lads that you've worked with go on and do play to the to the the level that they the best level that they can do. And I, I really enjoy that side of it. So just kind of you know within those two roles, you know, in particular your your role at the university and obviously with the FA doing the, the tutor side of things. Yeah. What those two roles taught you about, I guess, leading others and you know supporting the coaches and what coaches maybe need to take into consideration when they're reflecting and evaluating their own development just repeat that question for me yeah so you know just wondering what those roles maybe taught you about coach development and maybe the considerations coaches need to make when reflecting and evaluating their own journeys essentially i think think the um from my time of doing it now for for the coach development stuff i think i think the, the guys who do best at it in terms of the, the coaches that I've worked with are the ones who absolutely immerse themselves in it. So, so the ones who, the ones who um, are coaching four or five times a week, but are, are giving themselves that opportunity to get off the hamster wheel and sort of think, right, well, well, I've done six months here of non-stop coaching. What, what am I taking from it? And I know we talk about on the courses all the time about reflection, reflection, reflection dead important I, com- I completely get that but, but I think for me if I, if I think about myself sometimes the best reflection that I've done it's not in the car on the way home or it's not um it's not in between sessions it, it's six months down the line while you sat around the pool on your holiday thinking right how am I going to help that player do that do this uh, and I think sometimes you just need that little bit of a getaway to to clear your head and, and to really delve into what you've learned in that period of time so, so i think getting stuck in is really important but but also allowing yourself to have a little bit of a foot off the gas and think right come on i'm really going to think about what what's what i've learned here and what i've done and 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 how i'm going to improve from this particular point 
don't know if that answers your question or not. No, definitely. You know, like it's, it's one of the key things. Such that obviously the reflection is going always. It's not always instant. Is sometimes you could be doing something completely different, detached from the situation itself, and then all of a sudden it just sparks a thought in your head. You know, and just to kind of build on that, then you know, in terms of go looking at looking at those roles further. You know, what is it? What are those roles taught you about? Maybe how to maybe lead others. Uh, I, th- I think you've got a. I think you've got to um, be so. So the expression that I o- o- always use is sort of uh, treat everyone the same, but treat everyone as individuals. Uh, and what I mean by that is that you've got you've got to um, treat them as individuals because they're all different in in lots of different ways and backgrounds, personalities, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, all, all that sort of stuff that's really important. But then at the same time, you can't have you can't have favourites. You can't show if you prefer one person over the other. You can't show if um, somebody's getting up your nose a little bit. You, you'd have to be consistent. So so it's about treating them as individuals, but it's about being fair and, and consistent across the across the piece. And, and I think that that's a really important aspect of leadership. So consistency is important and, and that you're not seen to be letting some people away with things and, and, and pulling other people up for the, for the same sort of thing. I think it, it's really important. Now, the way that you do that with them will, will be dependent on that particular individual. So some players, some coaches, some individuals prefer, and I, I probably put myself in this category, the short, sharp, jolt, come on, you need to do a bit more because that's, that's what gets the best out of them. And, and some others need the armour on the shoulder and the quiet word away from, from, from the rest of the group. So how you how you get to that point is about the individual, but you you've got to the, your standards are your standards, and you've got to be consistent across the across the piece. Um, so I've learned that. Uh, the other thing that I've learned is, uh, and a, uh, a good friend of mine who do the tuning with Keith Mayer, I think he stole it from someone, but I'm going to credit accredit it to him because I can't remember who who he said it was from. He always says, players, coach. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Is whoever it is, don't 
don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And I think that's really important in leadership roles that mm. that um, you've got to build that relationship with people because that's the fundamental part of it. 100%. And I think uh, that's and, and another one that I quite like is um, from uh, Dean, who I mentioned about before, who's the head of coaching at, at Norwich now. He, he always used to say... Um, You've got to earn the right to give them a bollocking, and I think I think that's a really important one. So that actually, if you start with a new group, whoever it is, and you start laying down the law and this and that, and and really battering with them, you just think, who, who is who is this? So you've got to build that relationship first, and then if they need to to get a telling off at some point, then they need. To, but but actually, you've built that relationship, and they know that you care about them. So it ties back into key to bit that he's talking about. But what you've got to earn that right to give them a bit of a telling off. If you go in there just telling them off left, right, and certain from the beginning, you just you just lose them straight away. So so I think all those bits are, are really important. I think all those bits and they sort of tie in together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That 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 whole element of knowing that you care before you you know they they, they care about what you know and I think that's a, that's a key part. And you know, recently had Keith and David uh, on on the show. Yeah. Um, and you know that was a very insightful conversation, and I think the key thing to kind of take away from that is that we you have you talked earlier about the individual differences, and you used the phrase there around not necessarily treating everyone. What well, I, I use the phrase you treat everyone fairly, but not yeah. equally, um, because if it is equal, that means everyone's getting the same treatment. Um, like everyone should get the same respect, same opportunity, but at the same time, understanding everyone is different. So you're going to need to approach them, and in, it's in, in, in not a one size fits all approach. Uh, I think it's, it's a key thing, you know. Um, and just eat, eat, you know, kind of just kind of build on that. Then, you know, obviously, you're your own individual. Uh, you will have had experiences that of your own throughout your coaching journey. And just curious to know whether you've had any major influences that are maybe supported you along that and maybe what some of the key lessons that you've kind of taken from them were yeah i mean i i'll go back to the i said that i'd mentioned about the um the cricket stuff again so so um like i said i played a lot of cricket when i, when I was a kid and there was a guy who um who coached us um he was called martin leach um he was he was a writer he was a journalist a sports journalist for, for one of the newspapers in and around Manchester I think and, and, and he he um, coached us and, and the bits that I took from him really was anytime you wanted to practice your batting he was at, he was happy to stay and do an extra 20 minutes where you're practicing your batting or your bowling or your feet or whatever it was he, he he had as much time for you as you needed he, he was absolutely brilliant uh, and the other the other thing that um, I really liked about him was Whenever, whenever you turned up, however you'd done at the weekend in terms of your uh, your performance or in the, in the week in terms of your performance, whenever you got there, massive smile. Come on, son, tell me, tell me about what happened that weekend. What did you think? What were your thoughts? What were we going to do to, 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 to kick on and, and move forwards? So you almost felt like you'd had an individual personal coach, if the truth be told. You, you, you felt like whenever you turned up, he was there just for you. Now, he wasn't because he was looking after probably 35, 40, 40 lads at, at, at senior training, senior nets. But he always found 15, 20 minutes within the training period 
to come over and spend a bit of time with you as, a, as an individual. Uh, and the roles that I, the, the role that I do at Blackburn now, I think is probably a, a lot around individuals. So, so the age groups that I work with, 15s and 16s, they've got um, Dara Tuffy, who, who is the, um, the lead 16s and 15s coach, who, who's in the building full time. Mm. And then Scott Rogers, um, who, who used to be a Liverpool ladies manager, looks after the 15s. So I work with Scott a lot. Um, I'm only in there part-time, so, so when I go in, I, I think the, the, the way that we work as a group, um, so me, um, Scott, Darren, and Tom Bennett, who, who's the, 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 16s, the other 16s coach, I think the way that we've got it is that, that the biggest return from my time when I go there is working with individuals, and, and I try and do that, and that's something that I took from Martin, really, I think. Um, so, so he'd be a really big influence. Um Another guy would be Alan Moore, so I spoke about him before. He was the academy, academy manager at Berry. Uh, dead, quiet um, Irish guy, uh, ex-Irish international, played for Middlesbrough and Burnley. Um, just, just you go and ask him something, and you, at times you think, come on, I'll just give me a straight answer, will you? Just like, you go and ask about, I'm doing this session tonight, what, what do you think? And it was almost a... Uh, go away, do it. Come back and tell me tomorrow what what, what it was like. And and that was that was his ethos. And at times it was really frustrating because you think, come on, I'm a young coach here. You you played so a million last games in the Premier League. Just just give just just tell me what you think. And he'd mosey on down. He'd watch his session. He'd stand there. He'd be dead quiet. And 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 at, at times he'd come and show you a little bit of stuff. And and then you'd have a conversation over a cup of tea the next day. And he, he was a really thoughtful coach. And, and sort of a really modern coach, I, I would say, and it, it, he was great. He, he was great for me and some of the other, the other young coaches uh, at Berry at the time. I think we were really lucky to have him because it, because he, he really developed us. Um, and then just other ones would be colleagues that I've worked with over the, over the years. Really, some some of the lads at Blackburn. Um, the detail that they come out of is absolutely brilliant. Um, the, the, Different class, Scott, Scott and Danny, who, who were at Blackburn, their, their details were brilliant. Um, that Dara is a really, really good coach. Goes about things in 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 a slightly different way to the other two, but but equally as good. Um, just yeah, just been lucky to be exposed to, to good coaches really through the uh, through my career and just watching and learning and, and taking little bits. Um, and then yeah, they'd be the main ones really. I'd probably be a little bit remiss not to mention my dad. So, so, so my dad sort of inspired my love of, of sport, sort of um, taking teams and all that sort of stuff growing up. So I took my team, took my brother's team, still involved in junior football. Now he's been, been involved in junior football for uh, the best part of 30 plus, 30 plus years. So, so not that I took any coaching stuff from him or, or, or anything like that. Um, he's... He's got some coaching badges, but I think he—I don't think he would. He'd, oh, put your teeth in but he would admit himself that he's not the best coach in the world. But just the, just the love of sport and, and and trying to help. You know, you talked there about you know all those major influences or key figures that you've had around you in your journey. What would you say is one of the biggest lessons you've learned from them? Ooh, um, good question. Um, one, it's about the individual. So it's 
through my time in academy football, I've had groups of players who are a really good team, but not any of them have gone on to play professionally. And then I've had other groups that are a really poor team, but then they've had one or two really good players that have gone on and gone on and played. So, so it's about individuals and it's about making individuals better. It's not about team development and, and, and who who's won a weekend and all that sort of stuff. It's, that's not the job in, in youth development. Uh, that, that isn't the job. So, so that was, that's quite important. Um, you've got to help them. Now, how you, how you help them, there's all different ways to skin a cat, but, but you've got to help them. I think sort of early early on in, in my coaching career, I can remember uh, going to Everton with Berry, um, and we got absolutely walloped. And the Monday we got called into the office and they were like, well, what did you do to help the lads when, when they're getting walloped there? And we're like, well... We're just trying to let them work it out from no, no, no. They're getting beat 14, 15, whatever it was. It was a ridiculous, it was a cricket score almost. You've, that's when you've got to start trying to help the players. You, you, they've got to get something out of it. So, so learn that quite quickly. Now, sometimes letting them crack on with it is the way to go. But other times they need a bit more input from, from the coach. So I learned that in my first season at Berry, really, that, that there are times when you have to be a bit heavier as the coach and drive it a bit more and then other times where you you take your foot off and, and step back so it's almost using those coaching styles and, and approaches at the right time rather than just using uh i've gone on the youth award and and, and and thinking that it was about the players making the decisions all the time i got a, i took that message a little bit wrong i think early on so so learning that actually it's about using the right stuff at the right time is, is really important and I think that's the skill and the art of the coach that at times you need to be a little bit more direct. At times you need to step back. It's about doing it with the right people, right situations, or all those sorts of things. And that, I think that's a, a tricky skill and, and you get that through experience and reflection and, and all those things. So obviously, you know, you've been coaching for a little while now. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I had a range of experiences both in you know the I guess the quote unquote elite game and outside it. Yeah. What would you say is is the thing that helps you keep inspired and motivated to keep, I guess, pushing to be your best and keep going with this journey? Just the players, I think. The players and the coaches. So if it's a Blackburn then it's about helping the, helping those players be play at the best level that they can. Uh, and then with the with the the coaches, the coach development work is Push, helping them, pushing them, pulling them, um, facilitating them, whatever it is that the way that you may do it, to help them achieve what what they want to achieve. So, so it's about the people, really. Um, and like I say, I re really enjoy it. Uh, through this lockdown period, um, I've, my my wife would probably say I've been a bit of a nightmare because just been stuck in the house, not been doing any coaching. Not really. I've been doing a few bits like this and uh, a few webinars for the FA, but not really been doing any stuff and probably been a bit like a, a bear with a sore head. It's just, I love it and, and that's the thing that keeps me going. It's it's not like work, really. It's, it's just, you do it for an enjoyment. You do it for, for an enjoyment perspective. So you're getting paid to do to do something that you love. So helping the players, helping the coaches, but, but also just 
I, I love doing it. So, so for me, the motivation isn't a, isn't a, an issue really. Mm. So you know, again, you know, just touching on that again. You know, you've had a range of experiences, been coached a long time, obviously working in a coaching, uh, coach education, coach education capacity, and also having the opportunity to do all those things. You have probably come across various different coaches. Yeah. What would you say is one of your biggest pet hates or? bugbears when it comes to coaching you know is it something that something that been consistent behaviors that you might see over the years that frustrate you uh jargon go for it just just, just like when, when people come out with different like i'm i'm a, I'm a reasonably well-educated bloke and and like i think i can understand quite a lot of stuff but but some of the stuff that people come out with where it's like a double horizontal vertical press with and i'm like what i don't i don't get what do you mean by that and it's if 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 i don't get it and coaches don't get it the players ain't gonna get it and and i think sometimes it's somebody once told me if if you can't explain it simply you don't know it well enough and i think sometimes in the modern day of social media and all that sort of stuff you can have lots of uh, people talking about coaching and football tactics and all that sort of stuff, and, and it becomes over complex and convoluted, and, and keep it really, really simple. The, the, the game is a the game is a simple game. There's, two, there's always two goals. Yeah, there's always two teams. There's always one football, and I think sometimes some of the jargon that people come out with just makes it difficult for everyone to. To, to understand and, uh, and I think sometimes people come out with new stuff just because it they want it to be to be new if it's got to be simple for the players to understand it got to be really simple for the players to understand it so I, th- I think that that would be my big bugbear mm. that would be my big bugbear I, I, def- I definitely hear you on that you know when people come up with you know they try and almost become so technical and uh oh complex with it when actually it's just a simple game keep it yeah. that way and the complexity comes from the, the moments in the game well actually i think the job of the coach is to simplify it down so um, i was down at saint george's park probably 18 months ago and um mike marsh who's now the assistant manager at, i think he's at swansea i think he's at swansea did did a did um a playing out from the back session and, and it was as simple as if they press with one we're going out through the center halves if they press with two we're going out through the central midfielder or the fullbacks if they press with three we're going over that to me is really that's really clear and simple and but well, actually i think potentially you could have made that really complex and complicated and convoluted mm. and then just gets watered down uh, gets gets lost rather than well, if it's one, it's this. If it's two, it's that. If it's three, it's that. That's really simple and easy for people to to follow. Mm. You know, you, you talk there about keeping things simple, and it's not always simple. Sometimes there is chat, you know, yeah. challenges and difficulties in in everything that we do. And you know, just looking at your own journey, then I'll be you know curious to know maybe you mentioned something earlier where you you know you went through a three month period where you were maybe out of work and looking for something and you know, there was another bit where your missus basically said you know you're doing my head in can you like yeah get out of the house sort of thing um 
just be interested to know maybe what one of the biggest challenges of your coaching journey has been, and you know, it might be something you're still currently dealing with, or if it's something you've dealt with, and you know, it'd be interested to know how you've overcome it, or if it's something that you're still in the midst of, how you plan on overcoming it. Yeah, I mean, I mean pr- probably the the big the big challenge that I've had over the last five years or so is just balancing everything out. So the tutoring um, takes up a big a reasonable chunk of time um the academy stuff takes up a reasonable chunk of time um so just just finding that that right balance between everything now blackburn have been absolutely brilliant with me so 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 they're really good in terms of um if i need to miss a couple of days because i'm doing working on a b license or or whatever then they're all right with it they've been absolutely been absolutely fine with me um so they really help from that perspective work work at the university are really good um about me getting up to blackburn and do so it's it's fitting sometimes my diary is a little bit like a jigsaw puzzle so it's it's trying to find slots to be able to do normal life as well so it's finding that that sort of work-life balance i suppose uh, and, and that's become more challenging because uh got got a young family now and all that sort of stuff so yeah, just just striking that balance, the right balance between work and, and play and, and, and normal life uh, would be my biggest challenge, I suppose. So you know, again, you know, you've going through challenges. You know, there's been you know probably lots of ups and downs in your journey, and you know you've been doing it for a little while now. Just be interested in knowing what you know now. If you had the opportunity to maybe go back right to the start of that coaching journey or when you first started thinking about getting into coaching rather um, as that 15 year old player who kind of just conceded that you know it's not going to happen yeah um, what would be a message that you'd want to give yourself then uh, good, good question um, don't rush so so take, take your time with it you don't need to so I went through a period where sort of I got I did did my level one and level two sort of almost back to back. Then I, I had then I had a little bit of a break um, um, because I went living out in Spain for, from the the NGB awards and then, then came back and did B license mod one mod two mod three probably in the space of six months together. And my head felt like it was going to explode. I just got all this got all this information in. Um, in my head uh, and watch you try all these different things and uh, and it was just a little bit like yeah I was, I was just trying to implement too much new stuff at, at the time and I just needed just to take my time with it a, l- a little bit more um so yeah don't don't rush would be the one that I would would go with and uh, and, and I think that that's been um a good one for me because the, the gap between my so I probably I probably got my B license from from level one to B license probably was in four years something like that maybe um, and then I've had then had a an eight year gap between doing the B license and A license um, I did my AYA in, in between um, but but that sort of gap allowed me to sort of really get stuck in and and, and put into practice some of those things that. That I'd learned uh, through my degree and and all those other things. So um, yeah, I've got just loads of information, probably in like a four-year window, five-year window, something like that, uh, and and was just like trying to do loads of different stuff with it. Uh, 
and I just needed to slow down a little bit, I think. And that'd be my advice to, to young coaches, really. Just yeah. badges are badges, just a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time. Uh, and the, the Spanish have an expression, poco a poco, poco a poco. It just means little by little. And, and I think that that's, that's really important in your coaching progress and, and what you're trying to do. Just a little bit. Can you do a little bit more? Can you get a little bit better every year? And then eventually it sort of adds up to quite a big, big improvement. So, you know, you just kind of build on that, you know, you're taking that information there and obviously, you know, where you are now and re- reflecting back on that. Where do you see yourself going next with your coaching journey then? I mean, I'm, I'm happy in all the roles that I do. Um, but the, the, the challenge is the, the, the time stuff that, that I just touched on a minute ago. What I, I'd quite like... Um, maybe in 10 years time something like that to, to have a little bit of a go of a head of coaching gig at, at a club um i think that would bring together me different the different strings to me bowler coach development stuff having quite a bit of experience through di- with different age groups um and the academy set up uh, i also would be interested in, at some point in the future with the fa ycd roles I, I quite like the idea of going in and developing the coaches in the in the club, um, I think that would be a bit of a natural progression, maybe from some of the bits that I've done uh, in terms of the uh, the grassroots game and the, the affiliate tutor role that that we both do. Um, I'd quite like to maybe further that uh, in the professional game potentially. But at the same time, if I continue working in universities and, and um, doing the bits that I do, then, then I'd be equally as happy just doing that, really. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm quite happy with where I've got to. It's, it's further, if I'm being honest, it's further than I thought I would, would get to. Um, but yeah, let's, let's just see where, let's see what happens going forward. It's, it's exciting. It's interesting to see what see what comes your your way. Hundred percent, you know. And then you just, you know, Rob, as we start to kind of wind down now, then you're just looking forward to, you know, things that you want to maybe go into you know i'd be interested if we had 60 seconds now to kind of leave the listeners with one golden nugget i know you touched there a few moments ago around the idea of not rushing taking yeah. time with things and really doing things at a pace which work right for you as an individual essentially and not jumping the gun in any way what would be yeah. you know what would be one golden nugget that you'd want to leave the listeners with to consider and maybe apply in their own journeys potentially um I think I'm sort of going to repeat myself, really, but the the play you, you've got to care about the players. The players have got to know that you care about them. Um, take opportunities when when they come your way. Um, I think probably when I got the when I got the gig at Berry, um, I probably wasn't quite ready. The truth be told, but but going asking questions, even though Alan very rarely gave me a straight answer, um, helps and. Uh, I think sometimes you've got to take that take that plunge and I might not be quite ready for this, but I'm, I'm going to give it a good go and I'll take all the help that I can get as I'm going through. But, but at the same time, don't have to rush through those badges. Like just, just take it, take it steady. And you know what, if, you, if you're good uh, and if you're, the players like you and you put on good sessions and you, you're reliable and you turn up on time and, and all those sorts of things that, you might not necessarily get taught on coaching courses. 
people give you an opportunity and once you've got an opportunity that they'll, they'll keep you in the building once you're in the building i think that that's when you can really start to develop in, if, if you want to go down the professional game route uh, but if you're working grassroots it's about helping those players that, that are in your care to fall in love with football and to stay playing football and, and to try and make them into the best player that they can be to play at whatever level it is that they can play at um I know there's a few different things that are thrown in there, yes, but they probably. No, no I think they're, they're all, you know, I've been very, very crucial points, and I think um, one of one of the key things I kind of take away, and I hear from you there, is you know what? There's some things that you're just not going to get from a course. Yeah. There's some things you're not going to get from a course. You're going to need to be on on your A game to an extent. You know, do all the the mundane things, and you know, the the, the quote unquote basics are, are the things that are going to you know set you up with a good foundation to kind of propel yourself whichever direction that may be whether that be coach education whether that be coaching in you know down the elite pathway or even within the grassroots community whatever that is it, it's brilliant basics isn't it really yeah i think so i think so and i think you know the kind of thing to you know i'd kind of just add on to that for the listeners is that you know if you have got a goal in mind keep it there you know make it clear what that goal is and just consistently just work towards that and there's going to be challenges there's going to be you know things that do work in your favor and things that work against you at times but then you know as, as they always say you can't connect the dots until you've been past them yeah um and i think that's the kind of you know one of the biggest takeaways i would definitely kind of encourage listeners to kind of think about you know just on the final to kind of bring it back to you now rob you know, he's still relatively young in the coaching world. Um, you've managed to, you know, get yourself in a good position where you are now, with, you know, working with the 15s and 16s at Blackburn, Cat One Academy. You know, you're doing your stuff over at the university and you've, you know, expressed, um, I guess, potential ambitions to maybe go into a head of coaching role one day. Um, and I hope you achieve that as well. And, you know, it, when you do eventually come to the back end of your journey or, you know, your coaching journey, you decide to call it a day, you know, you know I'm, I'm hoping that's a long time away, but what would you want your legacy to be if you want to call it that? Or how would you want to be remembered by the people that you've, that you've I guess, uh, interacted with throughout your journey? Uh, well, that's a deep question for, for a Tuesday, that is. Um, that was all right with him and that I helped him. I think that that that's that he was he was all right him he he, he was de- he was a decent he was a decent fella and he helped me a bit whether it was I helped him loads or I helped him a tiny little bit if 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 it could be if, if that's what it was at the end of it I'd be, I'd be pretty happy I'd be pretty happy. Brilliant, you know, and I think you know this is it's a consistent thing that I think all coaches or educators or leaders or whatnot have in common in, in my you know certainly the ones I've, I've had conversations with anyway you know they, they, the lasting impact is they want people to be able to say did that, that person helped me that person was good you know i i enjoyed being around that person or even if there was times where i didn't enjoy being around that person i knew that it wasn't it was there was no ill intentions there was no malice behind it there was always yeah. there was always looking out for my best interest in that respect um but look rob look it's been a very engaging conversation um just on a final note you know, if if the listeners or anyone had any questions and they wanted to kind of get in touch with you to discuss things further um 
you got anywhere they can get in touch with you, possibly on you know on social media or whatnot. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I've, I've um, given the axe to Twitter because I was, I was, I was wasting a bit too much time on there. So, so I've not got anything on there. But my, um, yeah, you can, you can get me on the university's um, website, uh, the, the University of Chester, and it's got my, my number and uh, email address on that. So I'm more than happy for people to get in touch with me that way. I'm also on LinkedIn as well. Um, so if you, people want to add me on there, then, then feel free to. There you have it, guys. Another episode of the Coaches Network podcast, where our aim is to bring the world of athlete, talent, and personal development together to just one platform. And you can help us with that mission right now by sharing this episode or any of your favorite episodes with everyone that you can think of. You can tag us in those mentions as well on Instagram at the Coaches Network or on Twitter at the Coaches Net. We look forward to hearing from you. Let us know what you thought about today's episode. And until next time, guys, take care. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.